How does a 16-year-old respond to watching open-heart surgery? Why is finding a motivating path important? What are some of the best and most surprising experiences in the first year of medical school? And finally, how does enlisting in the Air Force work for medical students? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Tanner, a second-year student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Okay, I have another guest today, uh, Tanner. Uh, welcome, Tanner. You just survived your first year, your first end of your final. I'm still alive. Okay, Here you're still alive. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, let's jump right into it. Um, first year of medical school. What do you think? Man. How'd it go? It was it was amazing. It flew by. It was an amazing experience. Probably the most challenging, but yet the most enjoyable educational experience I've ever had, mm-hmm. and uh, just a blast. Absolutely loved it. So, when before someone starts medical school, you kind of have this image of what medical school is like, and then you get here, and then you experience med school. <laughs> yeah. So, what what was the biggest surprise to you? Oh man, um, a lot of information okay. in a short amount of time. Um, the fire hose analogy. The fire hose trying analogy. To, trying to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> Definitely. Um, man, just, there's just, there's so many opportunities to learn. You mm-hmm. know, it's not only in the classroom, but we're in the clinic. We're speaking with, fac- with faculty. Um, even lunchtime, we have lectures. Lunch is provided, but you're still receiving information, and it's just a constant flow of information and a lot of opportunities to pick up new things and improve mm-hmm. yourself. So do you, would you say that I get the sense the pace and the amount of information is is greater than you've ever experienced? I'd I'd say so definitely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll start off in the beginning. So, uh, where did you know? How did you decide to apply to med school? Where did that dream of becoming a doctor come from? Um, many experiences, but I'd say my first one. I was about sixteen. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Kind of lost and. Uh, starting to give up on my dream to play for the Yankees. <laughs> so this is New Jersey, right? Yeah. You grew up yeah. in New Jersey. I grew okay. up in New Jersey. Um, grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Moved to New Jersey mm-hmm. uh, during middle school. And I was just a little bit, I don't want to say lost, but not really sure about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family in Birmingham, Alabama. I went down there and my aunt, who's a nurse in the cardiovascular intensive care unit down there at a hospital got me in to see an open heart surgery mm-hmm. and that was that was the coolest thing i'd ever seen um the man's life was changed in a matter of minutes mm-hmm. and well hours i guess but Did they stopped the heart from beating they stopped the heart from beating Pretty it cool. was it was yeah. just amazing um and that kind of started started my journey okay and then went to college at byu i did okay mm-hmm. uh how'd you choose byu um, my father graduated from BYU, seemed like a good opportunity, um, wanted to check out the, the mountains out here, and mm-hmm. so came out here. Okay. Yeah. So you're at BYU, and what kind of things were you doing to get ready for med school? How did you get your application in order? Um, you know, I, I mentioned the experience when I was 16. I kind of had this dream that, oh, it'd be awesome to be a doctor, but I don't know that I bought into that. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of can I actually do this? Am I smart enough? A lot of competition. Um, so I just kept working hard and telling myself that you know that was the goal, and I'm going to keep trying and mm-hmm. keep working hard until I absolutely can't do it, and someone says I can't do it, and 
thankfully you said that I could. So here I am. <laughs> it was the committee that said yeah. not I. So um, no, but to prepare, I I tried to be involved in things that kept me motivated to continue down that path. I knew I had that goal um, of making it here. Again, wasn't completely sure I could do it, but I tried to be involved in things that would keep me motivated. I was involved in EMS, working as an EMT. Um, that did stuff with refugees, too. Worked with the refugees um, here with Catholic Community Services in Salt Lake. Um, things that took me outside of the classroom, but still related to my end goal and mm-hmm. kept me excited about medicine. And did you find it easy to get those experiences or was it hard or, you know, cause I think, you know, Tanner, one thing to remember about your application is that you were very well-rounded and you had all these kind of different activities in different places. And yeah, it was very clear to the committee when your application came up that you went outside your comfort zone, you got all these cool experiences, you had lessons learned, you can talk about them, you wrote about them in a very mature, elegant, insightful way. So I guess the question was like, how did you get connected to those different experiences? Well, thank you. Um, I think the professors at BYU provided a lot of opportunities, but um, I also, I kind of overbooked myself just looking for things that again, I found interesting. I, it, it was hard at times. Um, I remember for a time I didn't have a car and so I was riding my bike to my EMT class and then back to campus and up the hill and everything. Um, but I just, when, when opportunities would come up, I'd usually jump on board, try it out. And then if it was something that I enjoyed, I'd stick with it. Um, and just search for things that would keep me busy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like to have a lot of downtime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so like you say, wherever I was, I tried to find something to be involved with. And I remember, if I recall correctly, you were doing a bunch of stuff back in home, down, back in the New York area, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, New York I, has a lot of need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need people to help it out. Yeah. They so. do. And, and it's fun because, you know, while I really enjoyed my experiences out here and, and do enjoy them out here in Utah, there's something about being back home in your, your own community mm-hmm. um, and being involved there. I tried to give back, whether it was to youth programs at my church or um, some work I did at a hospital. Um, I had both an internship and an actual job at a hospital in New York. And as far as whether it's difficult to get opportunities, that was tough. I mean, you have to really put your name out there and work mm-hmm. uh, your connection, speak with people you know. And thankfully, I've had a lot of people that have helped me along the way who I'm very grateful to for that. Okay. So let's talk about the application process. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what did you learn from it? What was the hardest part about it? Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have no. to talk about anything you don't want to share. No, so. no. No, it was um, – it's obviously a challenging process because there's a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you're wondering, can I do this? Can I actually make it? Um, I I tried to focus on really – um, let's see, like perfecting the things that I could control. So mm-hmm. writing about my experiences, my personal statement, I tried to really fine tune those to make sure that they reflected the person that I am. Um, and you do everything you can and hope for the best. And uh, I think the key is getting an interview. And once you get an interview, you can really show the person that you are. You have that face-to-face interaction. And I think that makes a huge difference. How many schools did you apply to? I applied to f- 15, I think, okay. 15 or 16. 
So obviously at our school, I assume a lot in the New York area as well. I, I did just okay. just natural, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where my family is. That's where my wife's family is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how many interviews offers did you get? Um, I don't know the answer to these questions. I'm fascinated. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm a baseball guy, so okay. I, I like to use the analogy that I batted a thousand. Oh wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So either you sent out 15 offers and got 15 interview <laughs> offers, or you got one interview offer and that turned out to be the golden ticket. The latter of the, the latter. two. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I mean, I'm. I'm more than happy with that. It couldn't have turned out any better. Mm-hmm. So you come and interview here. What were what are some tips you would give to people who, you know, who are going to interview? Like, how did you prepare leading up to the interview? Did you do anything the night before? Like, walk us through that. Um, I did a little bit of interview prep at the time. I was working at New York Presbyterian Hospital, mm-hmm. like I mentioned in New York, um, and I was surrounded by a lot of physicians and and some faculty at Columbia who offered to sit down with me and just talk through the interview and do some practice mm-hmm. um, interview questions. So I did a little bit of that. Um, I also made sure that I was just confident with with what I wanted to answer to those questions, what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I knew my application because I'd worked really hard on it. Um, but my big thing was I just wanted to be able to uh, – coherently express mm-hmm. who I was and what I was about and uh, feel comfortable when that moment came. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Again, like I said, Tanner, the, the clearly, uh, the, the committee clearly loved your application. So I'm glad you're here. Thank I you. I called glad. you. You were like, you were the hap- <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like people always ask me my experiences about calling people. And I just remember you were clearly excited and you're really happy. And then I think you're, you have the record for like doing all the paperwork. Because I think like, you, did it that, you did all of it yeah. that day. Did you do all of it that day? I probably did. Okay. Yeah. Usually people like take a week or so to do all yeah. the paperwork, but you did it within the afternoon. So that's amazing. No. So. I was I was extremely happy. I remember exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, even shed a few tears. Good. Look, tears of joy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really special. So um, you know, living it with your family back east. Mm-hmm. Uh, any hesitation coming back to Utah? Were they kind of sad to see you leave, or how, how was that? I mean, that's, it's always hard when you have to be far away from family. I've done that a few times, undergrad out here and then other travels. Um, tough for my wife as well because her family's back there too. But mm-hmm. when you have such an amazing opportunity to come here to the University of Utah, I mean, they're completely on board. And when my mother was able to come, to come out here for the white coat ceremony, yeah, I remember meeting them. Yeah. see everything there was. Um, I met a bunch of your siblings, too. Yeah, yeah. I've got two sisters. Right. And uh, without a doubt, she said that this was the place I was supposed to be and couldn't have worked out better. So mm-hmm. we're any, very happy. Any any Going from a uh, cougar blue to a red youth, any, any problems there? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, I'll always, I'll always uh, have that soft spot for the cougs, but yeah. uh, the truth is the U is almost on another level. Mm-hmm. The campus is amazing. We've got I don't know how many um, genetics companies and other, other companies there in Research Park by where we live, and then – Every school you could imagine from pharmacy, law, med- medicine, everything is up here. So Okay. Well, I'm glad amazing. you're able to transition from the blue to the yeah. red. Um, I'm a you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, your first year some more. So you became involved in, uh, in a really cool organization. Mm-hmm. So tell me about it. Yeah. So I'm right now involved in uh, the leadership of LMSA, the Latino Medical Student Association. Um, 
I'm not Latino, but that doesn't uh, withhold you. The listeners you. cannot see you. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't withhold you from uh, being a member. Okay. Um, I think one of the main things that drew me to the organization is that we're working a lot with um, high school and college students, um, both Latino and just underrepresented in medicine and healthcare, to help them know that it's possible and provide them with opportunities to follow their dreams. If they want to be a doctor, if they want to be a pharmacist, whatever they want to do, we want to let them know that it's possible and help them make it there. Yeah. I was reading some Utah statistics, and I think Utah's population is like 20 25% Hispanic. Does, okay. does that sound right to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hard for me to tell. I come from New Jersey where uh, you could – Speak one language, speak a foreign language, and never have to learn English just because of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that Utah has a lot of people that come from all over the world. Like we talked about, the refugee population, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's also an exciting place to be. So, just kind of like expel it out for me. So, people, the medical students who participate at LMSA, they, it sounds like they go out to schools. And what, what do they talk about at schools? Like, do they do like little health modules? Yeah, like, we like, like cow eyeball dissections. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know the students are always doing that. Yeah, always something, right? Yeah, yeah. A cow or a sheep. Yeah. Always, <laughs> yeah, some animal that's not a human. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, we we do a little bit of everything. We haven't recently gone out to schools, but once a year we have a conference mm-hmm. at the school here where students come from all over the state. Um, we did some dissections. We have some speakers, both from lower campus and from each of the health profession schools up mm-hmm. here, um, who speak with students and their parents to try to, again, let them know it's possible, let them know how to make it to the professional school that they want to. Um, and then we've got a bunch of other activities throughout the year that are aimed at just identifying those students who might be interested and uh, mentoring, big mentoring component. We have mentoring events every month. Cool. So a little bit of everything. And it sounds like it's pretty busy. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. But at the same time, I think we have a big enough group to where we can spread the work mm-hmm. um, across and uh, – also be able to focus on our studies. Sure. How did you get – I mean what attracted you to LMSA as opposed to other groups? I mean what what was the initial draw to that? Um, I My wife is Hispanic and I've she's a first-generation um, U.S. citizen. So I've seen kind of the challenges that, um, that she's had. I believe she's also the first to graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've witnessed that firsthand. I also lived um, in Uruguay and South America for a few years, and so I feel connected mm-hmm. to the uh, to the Latin culture. And um, yeah, which is kind of natural when that came just up. Just kind of natural, okay. and um, so your Spanish is excellent. Uh, I hope so. Okay. <laughs> That's, some people have said that. Okay. <laughs> you can hide your American. Yeah, like when you start speaking, like, oh, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. My mom likes to think so. Do you speak only Spanish at home? Um, Spanglish. Spanglish, all right. Do you have kids yet? Not yet. Okay. No, no. Have you talked about only speaking Spanish? We have. Okay. That's something we plan to do. For the, Los Niños? Yeah, right. Los right. Niños. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Um, and then you also made a big decision during your first year, too. Um, talk about that, about military. The military. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, so I'm on scholarship with the Air Force, mm-hmm. um, in the reserves, actually heading out in about a week mm-hmm. to a training in, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Um, a lot of people ask me about it, and basically 
my thought is at some point in my life, I wanted to do some kind of military service. And this is just the perfect opportunity. So I'll finish up med school, do residency either with or without the military, and then um, spend at least four years working with the Air Force and maybe longer. Who knows? So when you started to make, like, so when did you make the decision? Was it before you came to school or during your first, or during your first couple months? Or I made the decision before I got here. Okay, uh, a few months before I got here. But I had been doing research since like freshman year of college, okay. just into the program, trying to understand what it was about. So you're calling these military recruiters? Yeah, I assume they're just, you know, like, hey, this is Tad. Like, <laughs> yeah. just super nice, right? Yeah, very okay. nice. Um, and I, as I as I know about the process, there's a fair amount of paperwork. Mm-hmm. But they're supposed <laughs> to help you through that, right? Yeah, okay. uh, there's always paperwork. Okay, <laughs> so why Air Force? Why not the Marines? Why not Navy? Yeah, not um, Army? you know, I. I I had some Air Force physicians that I was able to speak with mm-hmm. um, extensively about the program, and I just felt really good about how my family would be treated and, and um, just the overall experience. I know that it's not just me, and I could be gone on a deployment, or we could be stationed somewhere overseas, and I wanted to make sure that my family was in a good position. Was it on an air base, not in the middle of a jungle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the navies they've got... You can imagine with the port cities, they've got some really beautiful locations. But um, overall, I just felt like the Air Force provided the best overall experience for me and my family. Yeah. So they pay for tuition, mm-hmm. books, uh, living stipend? Living stipend, okay. nice. uh, tuition books, also a computer because that's considered kind of a necessary component okay. for med cool. school. And uh, that's – I mean I spend probably 12 hours a day looking at my computer, mm-hmm. so – yeah, uh, are there a lot of you in your class who have done the military? Um, as far as I know, yeah. As far as I know, I'm the only Air Force. We have one or two Army, mm-hmm. and then one Navy. Okay, not as many as I expected, actually, but uh, there are a few. So next week you go out to what do they call it? Officer training or basic? Or what's the name of it? Commissioned officer training. Okay. Um, I've heard people say. It's a glorified scout camp. I've heard people say they send people home in the first week. So I don't know. <laughs> so you're a little nervous. <laughs> a little bit nervous. Okay. A little bit nervous. Don't and watch movies about this because I'm sure all the, the, the movie portrayal, portrayals of a boot camp are just really wildly inaccurate. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. And apparently they treat you a little bit better because you're an officer. Yeah. Um, I'm a second lieutenant now. My buddies in class give me a hard time about that. Mm-hmm. Call me lieutenant and stuff. <laughs> But I'm I'm excited. Okay. Hopefully, I can keep up. So the entire summer, how long are you going to be down there? I'll be in Montgomery for a little bit over a month. Okay. Then have a two week break. Head back to Jersey, visit with my family, and then head out to Ohio for what they call um, oh, it's aerospace medicine. Mm. Uh, it's an aerospace medicine course for about two weeks. Sounds where, fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And then you have to come like, – I, I assume they work with you because everyone probably starts second year at different times throughout the country, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to miss time. No, no. I won't miss any time. Okay. Um, school is number one priority. I don't have any other commitments during the school year. Mm-hmm. And um, if anything were ever to happen, they've told me that, again, my school is my number one priority. So I'd, they're not going to deploy me or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my assignment for now. My roommate uh, – so I went out to Washington, D.C. for my residency, and my roommate uh, 
at the time, he was in the Air Force. He went to okay. UCIS. Oh, cool. Uniform, what's the name of that? Yeah, Uniform the Health Science. Uniform Services Science. University. Yeah, so they yeah. call it UCIS. And uh, he was doing his residency in family practice at okay. Andrews Air Force Base. And we have the best stories. He had the best stories. Yeah. And I just remember, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Like, <laughs> So we were both single at the time. And then he would wear the Air Force blues mm-hmm. and then put on the white lab coat. And I was giving him a hard time. Like, God, there's, there's not a woman in the world that's not going to say no to you wearing yeah. that. You have the double uniform, yeah. the Air Force blues and the white lab coat. So, uh, so yeah, I guess do you get to wear that too at some point? Um, technically, I'm not authorized yet to okay. wear that. But okay. uh, next week, I guess they'll teach me how to put on a uniform. Okay. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's still the Air Force blues, right? Like, it is, okay. yeah. All right, yeah. very cool. Yeah, so yeah, I have, yeah. You know, working in the military, it's like a different perspective uh, in certain ways. Like when you had clinic, mm-hmm. everyone showed up on time. Yeah. <laughs> Someone no-showed. You would call the XO, the, uh, the commanding officer, and they would mm-hmm. track down that person on the base yeah. and haul them in for their appointment. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, patient compliance was not uh, an issue as it sometimes is, uh, you know, outside the military. Oh, can so, you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, lots of stories, a lot of good times. Cool. That's All right. Cool. So, Tanner, any any advice, uh, you know, f- final thoughts, any advice to those applying to med school right now? I mean, you – just like a little over a year ago, you were in kind of the throes of this. So, yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, what would you say to those people out there? Um, my, my biggest thing is just don't give up. You know, there – like I said, there are going to be many – Reasons and many uh, maybe people telling you that you should do something else or that it, you can't do it, um, self-questioning involved. But just don't give up. Do everything you can, everything you possibly can. And um, I think that process of questioning yourself and doubting yourself actually makes you more committed to it. Mm. And, um, yeah, okay. don't give up. All and right. I, to, be, to be honest, one of the reasons also um, – that I initially reached out to you is because I feel like many people don't understand how thorough the admissions process is. Um, the committee does a great job at looking at the overall individual. And I felt, at least for me, that you and your staff did an exceptional job at really looking at the whole person, mm-hmm. um, taking everything into account. And I thought it was a fair process. Um, and I think everyone everyone should know that at least from from applicants that's why i tell everyone uh i know i think it's hard i think as i always tell people we have far more qualified people yeah that who actually and then we actually have positions for mm-hmm. so the worst part of my job by far is um the not accepted or the rejected notices that go out because uh, i do recognize people work so hard to get to this point but mm-hmm. we just have so many people applying and, yeah and it's the little things that can kind of make or break an application like mm-hmm. uh like poor spelling or a poor interview performance or a letter recommendation that's not really strong. I mean, those are the kind of things that can kind of, you know, chip away at someone. Mm -hmm. And so, and I tell, you know, I know this sounds bizarre, but uh, I I like to tell people it's not you. You shouldn't take it personally. It's your application, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, people were more or less rejecting applications because someone could be amazing. They can be like like the most amazing applicant ever. But if you have spelling mistakes, in your application, if you have a letter recommendation that's kind of weak, mm-hmm. that can really, you know, you're only as strong as your application. Yeah. So, despite the fact you might be awesome, your application might not be as awesome. Yeah. So that's why I like to tell people. But, well, and at the end of the day, it it doesn't mean that they can't make it. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they can't be oh, a really yeah. successful doctor. And so that's kind of also why I say just don't give up, yeah. keep trying, and uh, if it's your dream, don't stop. Yeah, yeah, people. 
you know, the vast majority of people, if they don't get in, they reapply. Mm-hmm. Most people improve in some way when they reapply. And, you know, we've had people apply three, four, five years in a row. And on, on that tries, they sometimes get in. So Yeah, I have, I have friends in the class who got in on their third try. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And going to be amazing glad <laughs> glad that we're here together yeah. well i appreciate it tan we'll have to have you come back on the pod um you know i want to hear more about uh you know those you know alabama ohio <laughs> your your experience i hope you know i hope it goes well just, thank you you know i'm not i'm not in the military myself but uh, i've always recognized how how you know what how great that is how wonderful it is that opportunity is and so thank you thank, thank you. you for serving our country <laughs> and and uh yeah my pleasure it's going to be an interesting adventure oh and i'm not going to hold you to this today but i want you on record what kind of doctor are you going to be when you grow up oh man um now that you have a year under your belt yeah yeah this this year has provided a lot of opportunities to see different things and um one of my coolest experiences was shadowing a trauma surgeon mm. um so right now i'm telling myself general surgery it's a good goal it's i feel like it's competitive enough that it'll push me Mm -hmm. um and it's also kind of a an entryway to many other surgical specialties so yeah don't hold me to it but uh, (laughs) for now that's what i'm saying all right cool well thank you tanner thank you all right good luck thanks for having me thanks for listening to talking admissions and med student life with dr benjamin chan the ultimate resource to help you to and through medical school production of the scope university of utah health radio online at thescoperadio.com